Welcome to this week's episode of Chopping Wood Inside Podcast, the Twin Peaks podcast for conspiracy theorists and aficionados. I'm your host, Murphy. This is my loyal sidekick, Tom Hawk Wubker. It doesn't get any bluer. It certainly doesn't, friend. We're here to go into a deep dive into the supernatural elements in Twin Peaks. Uh, obviously, we have got a lot to discuss because there's been so much, especially in the first four episodes. Um, but we've still been teased with it. We keep seeing the, the one-armed man pop up, so we thought we'd just spend an entire episode talking about the supernatural elements and seeing if we could decode them a little bit uh, for the average uh, viewer. Where do you want to start today, Tom? Well, I'm, I, we were talking briefly earlier about the Blue Rose cases, and that was obviously my, my lead-in line or whatever. I would, I would like to discuss Blue the Blue Rose cases because it's still so <laughs> very mysterious. Um, it's something that um, was never mentioned once in the original series. There was, you know, there was Blue Which Book. Which is weird because when I first heard it, I thought for sure. Like, it just felt like, I mean, Blue Book and Blue Rose, I assumed, were the same thing. You don't think so. No, no. I think Blue Book was a, um, uh, a plot um, element of the first series that was probably, probably came from, like, Frost. I don't think, you know, Lynch, um, you know, was really kind of actively involved at that particular point or whatever in the story. Um, so I think that's kind of a, a Frost product or whatever um, because um, towards the end of the second season, it seemed like, uh, the the blue book element just kind of like receded into the background and it became more about you know Earl's search for the the Black Lodge or whatever and uh, I think that one of the, maybe the reasons why that happened was because I think Lynch be, actually became more actively involved in the last several episodes if you remember um, he actually showed up I think maybe you know four or five episodes before the ending and, and like in character is Gordon Cole remember he had that scene with Shelley in the double R um, where he like made out with her and whatnot, which was a great scene. Did he so actually I think make that, out with her? Well, he kissed her. I mean, he kissed her. Um, <laughs> okay. Do you remember that? Like I had forgotten. Well, I think maybe a kiss. I recall. Yeah. Yeah. There was. Yeah. So anyway, the last, but the um, second season, I've really have not, I've only seen you know the the main the first half of the second season repeatedly. The, the last half, not so much. Well, yeah. No, I, I'm the same way. It's just there's just not. I mean, I've watched it. I've, I've watched it numerous times, but certainly not as many times as maybe the first half of the series. But um, but anyway, the, the Blue Book, you know, that obviously I think came from, you know, Wyndham Earl and obviously Major Briggs was knew about that. And then it was developed further in the, the secret history. And we, we may get something, you know, in this new iteration or whatever, but Blue Rose itself was never mentioned in, in the original series until, well, not until, it was mentioned firstly in Fire Walk With Me. So that was our first real mention of Blue Rose. And the first time that we um, are given any insight into it or it's mentioned is in the very beginning when uh, Cole meets with uh, Chet Desmond and Sam Stanley. And he, has, uh, he presents Chet with Lil, the dancer, who does her little surreal, you know, walking in place and you know, blinking and doing all these facial gestures or whatever. And then Chet explains it to, to Sam and then Sam notices the blue rose, but then Chet says mysteriously, well, I can't talk about that. And, uh, and I think the only other mention in Fire Walk With Me is um, really at the end of their little investigation in, in Deer Meadow um, that Sam says that, uh, asks or tells Chet basically, you're going back to the trailer park for the blue rose. 
and it's over a dissolve, I think, with you see the blue rose, and then he goes to the trailer park, uh, sees the ring under the Chalfont trailer, and then disappears. And then that's it. So that's it for Blue Rose. I what well, doesn't? No, Blue Rose I, really, in a way, inspired the X Files, don't you think? The Blue Rose angle, aspects of uh, the Blue Book, Blue Rose type of supernatural, potentially alien, military, governmental, FBI, Air Force type investigations. That kind of is what the X Files was all about, right? Yeah, no, Did I they agree. Steal I, the idea. No, I think that a combination. Like I was never. Uh, into the X-Files. I mean, I saw a couple episodes or whatever, but um, I was a very big fan of this show called The Night Stalker with Darren, the great Darren McGavin, where he played this um, reporter who... Netflix. Uh, is it on Netflix? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, I believe I, it is. It used to be. You should check it out. I I actually, I've tried two, to like, watch mo- it, man. I can't get through it. It's just that I can't... Well, the series isn't really that good, but there were two movies. Um, I think one was the first one was called The Night... Uh, stalker and I think the second one was the night strangler and those those are the the, the best the series very you know um, up and I'm in down. his office a lot yeah just kind of shuffling around I was like, what well, no, I just he's like the Darren McGavin. The, the yeah. Christmas story, yeah, he's the guy. From yeah, the Darren McGavin, but yeah, it, he, he he's like a reporter basically, and he uncovers or winds up investigating all these kind of paranormal or supernatural cases or whatever. And I think the X Files. Um, was greatly influenced by that show, also a little bit of Twin Peaks, more of the you know kind of the the Blue Book, you know alien angle of of, of that show. I think Chris Carter, the uh, creator of that show, has even kind of admitted that or whatever. But um, I want to just say that there was one other mention of Blue Rose in Firewalk with Me is right before we transition um, to Twin Peaks for the first time in Firewalk with Me. There's that scene where Cooper goes to the Fat Trot trailer park and meets with Harry Dean Stanton and uh, then he has a little scene where he's talking to Diane and I think he mentions that um, you know this is one of Cole's Blue Rose cases so that was the last uh, mention of Blue Rose um, and then you know we went Did into you say Harry Dean was talking to Diane no 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 Harry Dean like Cooper went to I might have said that but I, I meant that Cooper went to the Fat Trot trailer park to, to investigate to Chet, who Chet did Desmond talk- so Cooper talked to Chet Desmond, did, but didn't uh, Chet, Chet or Chet came back and talked to Harry Dean Stanton after that, right? Or no, Cooper came after Harry Dean. I haven't seen that. I can't remember how well, no, the, uh, the the investigation was Chet Desmond and Sam Stanley yeah, trying Cooper to figure out afterwards. the Teresa Banks. So they went to the fat trap, but then Chet went back by himself, and that's when he found the ring under the Chalfont trailer, and then he disappeared. And then you cut to this, the Philadelphia scene where, you know, uh, Jeffrey shows up and we get that, you know, uh, moment where we see the, the convenience store and then he disappears. And then the, the implication is, is that now that Cooper is going to investigate um, Desmond's disappearance. So he shows up at the Fat Trout, talks to Harry Dean. Remember, he sees the, uh, yeah, um, yeah, the car. It says, let's rock on the, wind, the windshield or whatever. I wonder if the convenience store is in Buenos Aires. I think no. Okay, so it's interesting that um, in the missing what pieces, if they all started speaking Spanish. We would know. <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> that would be right an indication. Obviously, right. Um, no, in the missing pieces, I believe um, Jeffries. There's more of, of David Bowie as Jeffries, and uh, uh, he. The way that Lynch edited the missing pieces, he has like standalone scenes of of the convenience store. 
Um, and then he has another standalone scene where Jeffrey shows up in Philadelphia in the movie. They, they were cut together, basically. Um, so when Jeffries is sitting at the desk talking to Cole and Albert and Cooper are there, he mentions that um, he, he, he went to uh, Judy's in Seattle. And uh, that was the implication that that's where the convenience store was, somewhere in Seattle. So it wasn't in Buenos Aires. But Judy was in Buenos Aires in that scene. Jeffries goes to the hotel, and he's got a message from, from um, a Miss Judy or whatever. So Judy, there's something obviously going on with Judy in Buenos Aires as well. Do you think we'll ever see the convenience store in uh, the new series? It's a very good question. I hope so. Um, I don't. I, you, you don't? No, I didn't, I didn't find that particularly <laughs> moving setting. There wasn't much going on. They're just playing cards, kind of eating corn. <laughs> playing cards and eating Garmin Bozia. Yeah, it's like the firehouse, like the firehouse game room where they're just sitting around waiting for the fire to happen. They're just <laughs> waiting for something to happen. I'd rather see them out doing stuff, burning things down. No, I kind of like That's that. Um, well, the whole... The, there's always the most, waiting rooms. There's the firehouse. It's like there's the convenience store waiting room. We got the waiting room and the red room. Like, where's the real action? Where's the action well, room? It seems like, but for me watching the convenience store scene, it seems like it's not like an origin story, but it seems like that that scene, what we're seeing is some kind of like ritual of some sort with the um, lodge spirits where the ring is, is introduced and there's all this kind of like, you know, nonsensical, like, you know, mutterings of like, you know, fellow victim and uh, electricity and uh, you know the chrome reflects our image and what have you. But I think really the the whole thing is like the little man and Bob sitting across from each other with the Garmin Bozia on the table, and there seems to be some kind of I don't know deal or something going on with. So I find it a little bit more interesting. I, so I would like to go back there, but um, we probably won't. But didn't we in the original series? Wasn't um, it mentioned that the one arm man? Uh, Philip Gerard, um, or or the Waldo Lidecker wasn't like a, or Bob Lidecker, the veterinarian. Didn't he like have his um, his veterinarian practice like either next door to a convenience store? Or there there was some mention of a convenience store. Yeah, there store. was a clue, a little drop. Right, but it never went anywhere in the was, series. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't either. But um, so um, I, I I I hope that we do, but I, I don't know if we will. It's sad because a couple of those people have passed on. That Mrs. Tremond, who was in that scene, uh, the actress Frances Bay, she 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 passed I mean, she's away. She's a legend. She's been in so many movies and television shows. She was the life. Marble Rye Lady, right, in Seinfeld. In Seinfeld, but even like back in the seventies and eighties, and you know, she was on all kinds of. She was she ever in Columbo or Murder She Wrote? I know you you watch those shows. Uh, no, those. I don't. I can't. Re- I bet she's been in a Murder She Wrote. I can't recall her being in a Columbo. But uh, they took they did Columbo off Netflix about six months ago, and so I kind of get a little fuzzy, a little fuzzy on the old Columbo. <laughs> yeah, and then also the uh, the um, the electrician. I think that's how he's listed in the, the credits. That's played by Calvin Lockhart. He was Reggie in Wild at Heart. Um, you know, with uh, David Patrick Kelly. You know, they were kind of a the hitman yeah, tandem yeah, or whatever. He had a, yeah, the yeah. He um, he was and he he passed away unfortunately as well. So. You know, obviously they're not going to be returning or whatever, but we always thought or discussed before the show came on, we thought, especially since like, you know, Frank Silva died as well, we thought if they were going to develop the more supernatural aspect, the Black Lodge and the spirits and what have you, that uh, Lynch probably and Frost would create some new spirits and what have you. And we really haven't gotten that. 
yet, right? I well, mean, we've, we've only the really box monster, so that's something. Well, that's yeah, right. That's huge, obviously. See, to me, that's way more frightening than the convenience store. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this the convenience store scene is. I mean, it's it's almost like pure surrealism. I mean, it's just it's so bizarre, and there's it's really hard to find any kind of like meaning in there. There well, obviously eats heads. That's the meaning. It's not good. It's a it's a horrible monster. The other guys just play cards and slap their knees and do things in reverse. And <laughs> the one thing with the gla- <laughs> the one thing with the glass box is, I think we talked about this like a while ago, like maybe after the uh, we watched the show or whatever. But I don't think we've discussed it on the podcast or whatever is that um i found it very interesting that you know you know there's that the setup and you know the sam i think the character the guy his name is or whatever he's you know he's, he, he changes out the chips and the cameras and he sits there drinks coffee and watches or whatever and uh the only time that we really you know the box monster you know comes into existence or whatever is when you know he's getting it on with uh, madeline zima or whatever and i like immediately thought of like you know um, like, like, like Bob and like, I think like the sense that like, uh, sexual activity, something with like sex or fear or whatever, like, you know, the, like the spirits or whatever are kind of attracted to that. It seemed like that was like the implication, especially like if the Madeline Zima character, there's this suspicion that she's not just the girl bringing coffee over because she seems to like really be, <clears throat> excuse me interested in what's going on in that room like maybe someone had hired her or whatever and like the that that someone knew that like all right you, you know or hired her to have sex with this guy and whoever that was whether it's the billionaire that they knew at that point like sex or something would like bring about the the the, the box monster or whatever and unleash it so to speak so do you have any thoughts on that i mean it just seems like why did it show up when they were having sex is it just a perfect like you know like you know scene like visually or whatever well, um, no, I mean, I do think there is something to be said for them being attracted to, you know, people like sex to, to potential sin and vulnerable moments doing acts that could potentially corrupt someone. You know what I mean? Like in terms of using sex as a rape tool, you know, and a domination tool that Bob did over Laura. So, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that, that that is probably an element to it. Um, obviously, it's kind of it also ties into the horror slasher. Like, when are you most vulnerable? Like when you're naked right. <laughs> in the dark. Right. <laughs> so right. it ties into that fear. So, and we, I thought that that Madeline Zima's character, I don't know what her character's name is, but um, the the woman that dies in the by at the teeth of the box monster. I thought, yeah, maybe she was some kind of plant, or she had some because they obviously were leading that, leading us to believe that. But now I think maybe that's just a, a red herring because um, only only for the fact that. You know, we don't have time to. I don't think they're going to go back to New York, and I mean, I think we may see the billionaire, but I don't think they're going to go back to New York and investigate that and have that be a thing. You know? Yeah, I agree. But the one Lynch is not interested in tying those kind of pieces together in terms of like, well, was she or wasn't she? We're gonna we're left wondering. Right. No, I I agree with that. But the one um, thing about the that scene, other than obviously the you know the appearance of the box monster and it getting out and killing her name i think was tracy sam and tracy or whatever is that where's it now yeah i mean where did it go i mean is it just you know out there somewhere like Does was it... should, was there a scene that was off camera of the box monster flying through the uh, the black hole portal just like careening through space just like cooper was to get there yeah I, I, is that I how you get in through that through that space chute into the box yeah right i mean because we never we never got like a shot of you know obviously it was all interior and we didn't know that there's a exterior on the building. There's an exterior of the glass box where obviously Cooper landed 
with a thud and and went through and then came through the little glass or the little uh, like HAL 9000 like glass circle or whatever, which brought him into the box. So there's an, an exterior glass box in that building, right? It's not just in that Yeah, it's room. like Dr. Frankenstein's like, you know, ceiling, like rooftop, like electrical lab trying to conjure the spirits. It was up right. there, probably a little landing spot, landing pad for any potential Lodgian creature that would make him falling through the, creating through the space chute. Right. Boom. So it's that like, building, dude, that building is also very interesting. It's very noteworthy. I didn't know what the hell it was because uh, we were trying to figure it out because they show it. Um, and it has like hardly any windows. And it's in the middle of like Manhattan. And I was on Twitter and Tom Hanks, of all people, like sent this photo <laughs> and said, what the hell is this building? It's terrifying. What is it? <laughs> and uh, Mark Frost retweeted it and wrote, well, dot, dot, dot. And uh, so I started looking into it, and this it's like an NSA secret building in the middle of Midtown Manhattan, and it's complete, it's totally bizarre. So um, that was a, a nice touch that they use something from real life that is equally terrifying is what they're implying that's actually going in there because we don't know what's going on in there in real life. So they're giving us a, a weird answer for that. Yeah, that's great. I didn't I didn't know that. You told me about that. I had no idea, but that's fantastic. Um, another thing with the um, with the glass box. Um, obviously, we were told that um, the billionaire, a, an anonymous billionaire, like owns the building and pretty much hired Sam to, you know, change out the chips and whatnot and sit there and watch or whatever. But that's all we have. It's not like, uh, you know, there's there's nothing to like combat it or to trap it like a Ghostbusters, like a trap, you know, like Big Twinkie or whatever. It's just like there are cameras there. So whoever, you know, the billionaire or whatever wants proof or wants to document something in the glass box but obviously the glass the monster got out of it so okay there's visual um you know evidence of that obviously we saw that with tammy and cole and albert or whatever but what's the point beyond that so the whole my, my thinking is that if and we've discussed this if the the goal was to get Cooper, if, if, if Mr. C is behind all this with maybe Jeffries or whatever, to trap Cooper in that glass box with the monster and the monster will devour Cooper, that's a, a way of eliminating Cooper. But like, okay, so why have the cameras? You know, so like, so the billionaire gets like confirmation, oh, I see it, yeah, Cooper got devoured by the monster or whatever. It just, there's, it doesn't all like add up. Um, there's something more, so I think there's just something more to it than just like the theory that Cooper was supposed to be devoured in that glass box. Do you think that the billionaire and uh, Mr. C are in cahoots? <sighs> Another good question. Um, Some people even speculated that that's not a different timeline and that Dougie is going to get so rich that he's going to end up being the billionaire. Dougie? <laughs> in a different timeline. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think that the billionaire, no, I don't. I don't think I don't think Cooper or Mr. C is in cahoots with like anyone other than maybe like a Jeffries or whatever. I can't see him like working for like, you know, anyone really else. He seems to be like the mastermind. Like people are like are under him. He has these people like, you know, Beulah and Otis and Daria. Well, and maybe Ray. not cahoots is not the right word then. Maybe instead of in cahoots, I mean like he's controlling him or he is, you know, involved with a billionaire in some fashion. If anything, if anything, I would think it's because it, of all the people on Earth right now, who would want to build that black that box? Maybe maybe Bill Cooper would be in the top five list because uh, he knows something about the uh, that Jack Parsons, 
the ghost of Richard Nixon, you know, maybe Donald Trump at this point. Like, there's probably not that many people that want to build that box. And so you, one would think that perhaps Evil Coop has a, a hand in seeing what comes out of it. I would think more than Mr. C, it would be um, related to Jeffrey somehow. Because we already have this kind of um, uh, like little mysterious black box um, that seems to be related to kind of Jeffrey's. We have not seen Jeffrey's David Bowie or whatever. He's been mentioned. And now we have this anonymous billionaire we've never seen, obviously. And we have this you know, loft and this glass box and all these cameras or whatever. So Could the I, billionaire I, be Philip Jeffrey's? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, very well could be. Yeah. But I doubt it. I think it's I missed some... you in New York. He was in New York. He yes, I know. I, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I do. I just I, the, the billionaire. I, I don't know if we're going to get this scene of like, you know, whoever the billionaire, like the, the, the billionaire walks into a room and it's like, I'm the billionaire. You know, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of vague. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm the one, you know, I'm, I'm the muscle, I'm the bicep, I'm the bank or whatever. Um, I don't know if we're going to get that. Um, I think we will like. I think we'll come back to that at some point. I, I do believe that we'll be introduced to someone that we that will probably be the billionaire, but I still think it'll be kind of vague or whatever. But um, that really is, I think, a huge, huge like you know, like part of this this mystery is New York. Is that glass box like why that setup? You know, we've seen a monster in there. We've seen Coop in there for a brief like he was. It was almost like he was trapped for a brief moment. And since nothing happened, he went, he continued on his journey, like, you know, kind of careening through space or whatever, falling through space and wound up, you know, in the astral plane, like, you know, purple room or whatever. So I, I do think, I don't think we'll see, you know, um, obviously Sam and Tracy are dead or whatever, but I don't think we're completely done with the glass box and or billionaire yet. Well, we're running out of episodes, and so I'm thinking that perhaps <laughs> we've got the, twelve more. What do you mean we got twelve? Well, with the we're way, the, the, way the, the Chauncey Gardner shuffle that Dougie's been doing in the last few episodes, <laughs> it doesn't bode well for a lot of plot development. And so I'm thinking that perhaps the billionaire might, in fact, show up in Twin Peaks at some point. So they did that lead. Well, there's that one thing. Have we talked about? Have we talked about that? Though I'm sorry for cutting you off, but um, have we talked about the the Ben Horn Jerry Horn scene? You know, at the Great Northern. Well, that's what I was. You're perfectly didn't talk about that because that's exactly what I'm saying. Is they, yeah, they was they teased it in episode one that maybe New York may have a connection with Twin Peaks. Right, because there are people from New York staying at the Great Northern using Great Northern and using the spa, and and they're very wealthy. And they're very wealthy. And like, why have that scene? I mean, we haven't seen Ben Horn since. We've only seen Jerry Horn one time since that scene. Um, like you know, in the woods, like watching you know Doctor Amp. Um, and his gold shovels and smoking a joint. So it seemed odd to put that scene there. And then also the other scene, in addition to that, uh, which is very interesting now because of what is developed with Dougie, is that I believe the scene that precedes the introduction of Mr. C, that great scene, you know, that POV of the car driving through the woods and, and that, that slowed down song or whatever, um, is the sheriff's department. And it's Lucy and there's there's a guy, there's an insurance agent that shows up and asks to see Sheriff Truman. And, you know, it's just Lucy going like, well, which one? And you could say like, okay, that's the, um, that's the, uh, the, you know, the, the expl explanation that there are two Trumans. You know, one is sick and one is now the new sheriff or whatever. But it just seemed odd. Like, okay, why then and there, 
He is an insurance agent. We know Dougie is an insurance agent or whatever, and he leaves him his card. Now, I'm not saying that this is any grand mystery or whatever, but I think there there might be more to the scene than just Lucy explaining that, you know, Harry's sick and Frank is the new sheriff. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, because I'm really not a huge Truman family fan in terms <laughs> of um, their airtime and what they contribute to the Twin Peaks community. If they're going to exclude Donna Hayward from this story... I wouldn't mind so much if they excluded Harry completely, and uh, I love Robert Forster, but uh, you know, and I do like Candy Clark. I think is her name, right? Playing his wife, um, it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And if they have no developments in the Truman family, then I would be perfectly fine with that. <laughs> you're so you're not you're not a fan of the Truman family, and you're not. A uh, fan. You know what? I actually, some people are speculating that maybe that might they may go next episode. Guess who that was with the dead kid, Donna, Donna Hayward. Like a third Donna? Yes, a third Donna. Because she did look a little bit like Donna, didn't she? In the firewalk with me. She got, that's what I thought when I saw her. And you even mentioned it last podcast. You're like, what if that was Donna Hayward's kid? What a more impactful scene that would be. And so now I'm hearing some people, like, obviously have not heard our podcast, but um, they're speculating the same thing. Well, think? that was – I only mentioned the a pretty cool Hayward. mid-season development and introduction to Roland Donna like that. Although it would be sad to see her, you know, mourning her child's death. Yeah, I only mention that because that we were just introduced to you know that woman and her son in that episode, and I felt that it it, it kind of diminished the emotional um, impact of that scene because we we don't know who it is. Um, but yeah, but I mean that would seem to be a complete like like Lynch um, thing to do of like okay, not introduce a character, have you know it be show this you know completely like you know tragic scene and then like the next episode go like oh by the way that was donna hayward so like you know when you rewatch it and you know it 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 affects you it's like he's going in reverse it's not oh we're going to introduce donna this is what she's doing now 25 years later oh she's got a kid or whatever look how happy they are and boom you know well, an example of that is uh is truman's wife when she's been coming in and giving her haranguing routine and being upset and everyone's going ugh, we aren't enjoying this and that oh turns out she's got a good reason and that uh you know she her, her son committed suicide so that's a very good point you're right that so there so might there may thing. be i would think though like uh if they were to like you know bring donna back like i think laura Finn, laura flynn boyle the actress she might you know not be working as much there might be some issues with that but why not go back to moira kelly you know who i think is still acting and um and maybe just you know well but unless they wanted to pull the old like you know switcheroo or whatever yeah um, here's the, if, if we're, we're gonna do some reveals that we're hoping are gonna happen like if you, if you want Sheriff Truman to show up Michael Hunkeen and I want David Bowie right throw a little uh, yeah Donna Hayward action that's in there. interesting okay I like Donna's character did, was, did the world not like her what was the problem with the you know not wanting to bring her back I, I don't I fear a lot of people not really I guess it's just different taste you know I'm not a big Sheriff Truman fan some people don't appear to be a big Donna Hayward fan um but I thought her as Lurflin Boyle was fantastic. Like she was one of my favorites of all the, the characters. She really drove the plot, too. Like some of her, all her hijinks with Maddie and James, those were some of my favorite parts of the entire first season. Well, I agree, but I think that what happened with her, and I, I, um, I liked her as well, but after, like, Laura's killer was revealed, we still had, like, you know, what, like, you know, 15 episodes or whatever. She had absolutely nothing to do other than, like, you know, suspect maybe, like, towards the end of the season that Ben Horn was her father. So she really kind of just, you know, just like Audrey, kind of like her role, you know, just wasn't as integral to, you know, the uh, the, the plot. It became more, more soap operatic or whatever. And I think, 
I've read some people like didn't like her kind of transition from season one to season two is like kind of channeling Laura and smoking and trying to seduce James. James, I like that. Actually, I like that too. You know, yeah. I, I liked it as well. But I like um, that. That was the best part. I thought that she. I really thought she was coming to her own. Um, so it's sad for me not to see her. So anyway, if we, if we don't get any more Michael Onkeen, then I, I don't have a problem. With that. <laughs> Can we just do a podcast on Michael Onkeen and like your hatred or just dislike? Not it's just of... indifference. It's indifference, okay. really. Yeah, right. just really indifference. I think I saw him in a Paul Mazursky film in the seventies. It was like a Jules and Jim kind of threesome thing going on, and I was like, let me see if this is he's going to be any good. He just doesn't. It's not an actor that strikes me as particularly compelling, and uh, it's no offense to him. Um, it's just different strokes. I'm a, I'm a, I'm on team Donna Hayward. I'm not on team. <laughs> team. So Have you seen Slapshot? You know what? I not in a long time. Was he in Slapshot? He was in Slapshot. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> I never. I'm not a hockey fan, but every you guys love Slapshot. It's a great movie. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, but okay. Well, so you get, know, we, we, you know what we need to do is stick back to the supernatural theme. Yeah, right? no, I was yeah, yeah, with yeah that, I so. agree. The Blue Rose. Okay, so that's really the you know we've spent like one or half an hour or whatever going off on tangents, but um, so the Blue Rose. So we talked about you know um, the introduction of that in Firewalk with Me, and and really I think the the suggestion is that um, there are these like certain cases, you know, that the FBI will label like a blue rose. And what what do we know about a blue rose? A blue rose is something that doesn't exist in nature. So um, so now it, it has this kind of myster- a mysterious connotation to it. Um, and obviously the Teresa Banks mystery, like almost immediately, which I found very interesting, is like the very first shot in that movie, A Fire Walk With Me, is Cole calling like Chet Desmond and saying, hey, we got, another, we got a girl that's been murdered 17 years old. And, and he comes and they meet. And basically he's, he, he's telling him in so many words with Lil basically, okay, this is a Blue Rose case. Like, you know, like just thinking on that. How does, how does Cole know this is a Blue Rose case or whatever? Um, you know, and what, what is exactly does it, does it mean? What exactly does it mean? We get the ring. We get all these kind of like, you know, like mysterious elements or whatever, but it never really kind of goes anywhere. Well, now in the new series, um, we have like in episode three, right? We have the disembodied floating head of Garland Briggs say Blue Rose. And was that the first mention of Blue Rose in this new series? Yes. And then we get uh, Lynch saying it in episode four and Albert. Right, right. Like episode four. It, but it doesn't. It seem That's like it, right? it hasn't been mentioned again, has it? I think no. You're right. I think yeah. I think there was a blue rose though in that purple room when he came back after the um, the yeah, woman. Yeah, that's the, right. That's right. Oh, like in a in a vase, like yep. on a table, like in the background, right? In the second room when he comes down from the ladder. Yeah. If you look to the right, there's a blue rose. There's on a blue the rose there. Next to the woman on the sofa that looks like uh, Audrey from the back, but then you turn around and that's really uh, the actress that plays Renette Pulaski as the American Girl. So yep, that's right. Yes, third Blue Rose sighting. Is there another a third one? Blue Rose? So the first six episodes in the first, yeah, because that was all in three, and so we've got it. We had it all in three, and well, no, in four, right? Three and four, because four is that scene with right, Albert and and Cole. But so it seems like okay, so. That scene with Albert and Cole after they, you know, they, they interrogate, not interrogate, well, I guess it was kind of an interrogation with Mr. C or whatever. Like at the very end of that scene, it's like, you know, well, Albert, do you understand the situation? And it's like Blue Rose or whatever. Um, I, I love it. It's great. Okay, so it's opening up or whatever. But the whole thing is like, okay, Cooper has been, you know, you know, Cooper's been missing, right? For, we think, 25 years. 
Is that what the like you know, is that what we're being led to believe is like after Major Briggs died, Cooper went underground and he's been missing for twenty five years. Is that what you think? That's what Showtime's marketing plan said, so I think so. That's what what I'm sorry? Showtime's marketing said twenty five years later, right? That's what that's the whole point of the show. It's twenty five years later. Well so yeah, nice. but Cooper's been like Mr. C has been, you know, out in the real world for twenty five years. He wasn't like, you know, pretending to be Dale Cooper for like eight years and going in other cases and then he slipped, you know, underground or whatever and grew his hair out long, got a little kind of like, you know, ponytail or whatever and got a bad spray tan. And you know, what's interesting do- to me is that they haven't like who did Dale Cooper not have a life? Like, didn't he have a girlfriend or some brothers or a dad or somebody that would miss him if he's gone? Like, you know what I mean? They're going to, to Diane. Is that the only one who cared about him in the world? Well, he we know from the secret, um, secret the um, autobiography of Dale Cooper, which I, I think they're you know I think it's like a can I think it's canon. Mike, Mark Frost's brother wrote that. Um, I read it a long time ago, and I think we mentioned it. You mentioned it from the uh, the statue, right? From the, the FBI yeah. There's story. a reference in episode or the statue in episode five and six is a reference to uh, a story from that where Cooper talks about his childhood bedroom. He slept every night under a poster of uh, a movie called The FBI Story, starring Jimmy Stewart, and he's doing that exact same pose in that exact same outfit on uh that poster and so that so now when you watch it again it gives it a whole new meaning because uh you see that's what he, he he's really recognizing um you know his essential inspiration to become a lawman because he sat there and probably went to bed thousands of nights under that poster yeah and so that's the reference that's the reference and um in that story which i read a long time ago in that little book he has a mother and a father and I think his, I, I can't remember if he had any siblings or not, but his, I believe his mother died, like when he was, you know, like an adolescent or whatever. But what's really interesting about that is that um, she's the one who gave him, I believe, and this is all on memory here, is that I believe she's the one who gave him the, the ring that he wore on his pinky. You know, that was her, that was his mother's ring. You know, like in the show. Yeah, we don't you know, see the that in the, the giant at all. He just kind of disappeared. It disappeared like on a trip into the lodge and never came back. Well, did he ever put it back on when he got it back from uh, the giant? Yeah, from the giant, or did the yeah? Did, you never saw him put it back on after. I don't he got think it back so. Yeah, house. which is very interesting. But another interesting aspect of that book is that it's it's really like you know they you know um, they really kind of just like state but flatly basically without saying it that. Um, Bob was like frequenting like Dale Cooper and or his mom when he was young. They describe like a man oh, with like long what? hair and de- yes, oh, the, that's I forgot about that. That's Holy the shit. you know um, the uh, uh, implication um, that Bob. Do you think that's really canon? That's gonna, they're gonna they're gonna stick with that story. Well, that's, I don't know if they're really gonna stick with that that's story. But that was a, that's gonna stay apart. It, it was that was wow. part of it. So it's like. So was Bob was like, you know, like, you know, kind of, you know, Cooper was on Bob's radar or his mom. And like I said, it's been such a long time since I've read it or whatever. But it would be interesting, obviously, because Bob wound up, you know, um, possessing Cooper. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, it, I need to reread that. But uh, um, it is a very, very curious development that Bob was in Cooper's life at, at a young age. But obviously in the series, if that's the case, seeing Bob numerous times, he never goes like, oh, I remember when I was like 12 or whatever and I, I saw this man in a dream or, you know, outside my window or whatever. He, he never did. So, um, 
Well, it does sound but, like a little bit, bit, bit of a piece of fan fiction. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. sure if Lynch were to, were, were to sign off on that, if you were to ask right. him today. Right. But the whole thing with the Blue Rose, getting back to the Blue Rose, is that um, the, the, there are these, you know, supposed cases or whatever that has this maybe supernatural element to it that, you know, only special, like special, special agents are assigned to or whatever. Um, but I, I would think that, you know, with if Cooper, you know, Cooper slash Mr. C has been gone for like 25 years or whatever and still has like, you know, still using someone's FBI code, right? Because didn't he go in uh, you know, his laptop or whatever? He logged into the FBI to get some kind of information after he killed Daria. So, you know, you would think that the FBI would like kind of monitor that. Now, if that was Cooper's old like login, then that would be like... Well, someone's using Cooper's login or whatever. I would think that Cooper himself, Mr. C, would be a Blue Rose case at some point in the intervening 25 years as opposed to like, oh, you know, um, someone just found him 25 years later. He's in well, federal it, Yeah, you would think that, but it does appear like he's just popped up on their radar. He's been underground so well that he hasn't even been uh, on, you know, popping up anywhere on a Blue Rose case, right? Right. That's the implication. It is, but um, I just, you know, I think maybe I just want like What's a little bit more. What's he been doing for 25 years, man? That's what I want to know is like, has it all been part of this, like, you know, this grand design, this master plan that we're going to kind of see, we're going to see in some fashion in this new series, Um, because we've got, you know, Jeffries, we've got geographical coordinates, we've got like, you know, Major Briggs, it all seems like it's leading to some kind of big, like, end game or whatever, and we, we talked about this with, you know, like some, when we were talking about like Jack Parsons and you know, possible like, you know, um, like a nuclear explosion and what have you that um, there, there might be like some like, you know, thing to, you know, like destroy the White Lodge or create a new Hellgate or, or something. I mean, I don't know if we're even going to go there, but it is very interesting. But I would love to know um, what has been going on for the last 25 years with Mr. C. And we may get some information in Mark Frost's, uh, Mark Frost's uh, upcoming novel, which is entitled... The final dossier. Do you know about that? I've heard. I mean, I, I just know that it's coming out, and that's what they're calling it. So, do you have yeah. any other tidbits of like what's actually it's going to be about? Well, I mean, the final dossier suggests that you know it's a, a sequel of some sorts to you know the secret history of Twin Peaks, and I think the little like um, like advanced blurb we got was that it's going to bridge the gap, you know, from the end of the series. To like what we're seeing now, and and maybe like you know go, you know into the future a little bit or whatever. But um, but what it what Mr. C is doing, I I would think or has been doing, especially like I said that you know we're we're you know we're getting information that Jeffries is still like you know involved in this and Briggs or whatever that this would be the bluest of the blue and 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 Cole even said that, but. What has been happening in these happening in these preceding years or whatever? The fact that the FBI doesn't know that Garland Briggs's prints have come up at sixteen, you know, different you know moments in the last twenty five years is very curious as well. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I don't know where this is all going or whatever, but I, I think that this we're, we're definitely on a blue rose case. But is Albert going to be the special agent or is it Tammy Preston? Are they going to team up and they're going to be the new tandem that's going to like, you know, try to solve this riddle. Why wouldn't Gordon Cole be doing it? Well, he's the deputy director. Is he like, you know, is he going out in the field? I mean, obviously he's going to see Cooper or whatever, but, um, or Mr. C, 
But I think like the 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 suggestion is is that this is Tammy's case, right? I mean, and Albert is, you know, Albert's going and finding Diane, right? But Tammy is looking over like Cooper's files, right? You know, that one scene that we got. Well, I think her. she's the, doing the grunt work, having to do all the research and stuff. She's the researcher, but she's under them. So she's maybe doing the legwork. But I think, I mean, it may be her case, but obviously they're the ones running it, I would think. Right. I, I just I hope we don't see a lot of Crystal Bell. That would not make me happy. I think we will. I think we're going to see a lot of Christabel. Yeah. She's going to be in the final um, episode, like sticking your hand into the lodge, like grabbing with her and like Hawk and like trying to get Coop out. She's going to be still in her little outfit looking, looking sexy, like the sexiest FBI agent ever. I, I don't I know. I mean, she'd I, run I, in those heels. That's the problem. <laughs> um, no the, uh, the, uh, the, the blue rose, uh, just tying up the, the blue rose or whatever is that, um, uh, my my thinking is that obviously we're going to be investigating it um, with with maybe Tammy and and Albert and and Cole to to some extent or whatever. But are we going to get any kind of reference to Chet Desmond, who was the first person assigned to this Blue Rose case, the great Chris? Yeah, Isaac. no one's mentioned him, but I would love that reference actually because he disappeared. What happened? You know, Coop kind of right. disappeared. I love the I, like the idea that maybe Chet Desmond would show up like looking all scruffy. I've been working with our friend Philip Jeffries. You're like, whoa, you too? Well, don't you think that, okay, so when they were writing the script, if they wanted to go this route, right, they wanted to go the route, we want to explore Jeffries more. Um, You know, we we obviously were introduced to him in Fire Walk With Me. And then, you know, they're going through the, the casting process. They're calling, you know, everyone. Like, hey, you interested? They call David Bowie. And hey, Bowie, you know, hey, we got something for you. We'd like you to do this little role or whatever. And we know that David Bowie was sick and, you know, he passed away during the middle of production. So um, I guess the suggestion is that, you know, he's not on, well, he's not on the cast list. And I I doubt that he's going to be in it. I'm hopeful, like you are, that he's, it will be in it. But if he wasn't, right? If he wasn't, why not maybe go like, okay, you know, we wanted to have this Jeffries angle or whatever. Why not laterally move over and change everything with Jeffries to Desmond? And because that is a great mystery. A lot of people really, really, really want to know what happened to Desmond. And it seems like it was whatever happened to Jeffries um, could be fraternal to Desmond. Like, you know, finding the ring, disappearing, and maybe becoming nowhere. So that was my thinking. He's like, well, you're not going to get Bowie back. Let's just like change Jeffries to Desmond, and then we know Chris Isaac is still around or whatever. Cast him, and then we'll go that route. And you can still make reference to Jeffries, but never allude, never show him. You can allude to him or whatever. So that's why I, I, I always thought up. Jeffries was more powerful, though. Like Jeffries had kind of mastered. He was like a time lord, like Doctor Who flying around, being able to teleport from Buenos Aires to Philadelphia. Chet was just a regular agent that just got sucked up into the lodge, and I'm sure he has an interesting story to tell. But I'm always hoping that there's going to be some unveiling of the Philip Jeffries character that is like, you know, kind of like a Time Lord, kind of like the original, like the way they interpret or they, they led us to believe that Philip Jeffries character would be like 25 years ago in Fire Walk With Me. I want to see that finally realized in real living color, whether it's uh, it, it could still be, uh, you know, David Bowie's floating head in the in the box in Buenos Aires. That's fine. He doesn't have to be a human being. <laughs> he can still be. He can be a floating head. He'd be a specter. I just right. want something. I want some some nice Philip Jeffries action coming at us. 
Well, no, I, I agree. I'm just I, with the Jeffries Desmond thing. Like, We've been waiting a long time to see some Philip Jeffries, and if it is David Bowie, everyone is going to freak the fuck out. And so that would be great too. But I'm not holding out hope. But I do think it would be perfectly Lynch and perfectly David Bowie to like be in on this that they film the log lady on her deathbed, film him on his deathbed doing something crazy, and he's such a character and had such a sense of humor that he would love for it to be a posthumous reveal that is uh, you know shocks the world he would think that would be fantastic i would think so it, it could happen the stars yeah, are aligning tom i think the stars gonna... turn and a bowie presents itself <laughs> yes i hope it's... a star a ziggy stardust presents a itself. very good well the one thing i want to just wrap that part up is that i agree with you about everything related to to jeffries and how he seemed to be like you know more involved or kind of somehow what I don't know mastered the time jump but he was obviously already into it at, at you know when we saw him in, in Fire Walk with me but you know we've got 25 years Desmond disappeared or whatever Desmond could very well have you know done the same thing that Bowie went through the same you know machinations portals had dealings with lodge spirits or whatever because the the you know he he did he went for the ring and he disappeared so and there was so there's so much room to to dream with that to create whatever scenario you want to it's just that my hope my hope is that or my not hope but like you know if if they don't show Bowie and we get all this Jeffrey stuff or whatever and it really doesn't turn out to be anything more than just really some like you know fan service or just these interesting nuggets that they're they're, they're tossing our way or whatever I, I would have yeah, I would have just gone the Desmond route and if they don't ever mention Desmond it just seems that because it's so it's too similar it's very similar to to Jeffries, because I think what Jeff would happen to Jeffries, it like you know, I think Desmond was probably going to go through the same thing in some fashion or whatever. Um, it seems like these lodge spirits are attracted to FBI agents, obviously, Jeffries, Desmond, and Cooper. And if your theory is true about Albert, then that's a fourth one. So, I would um, like to see Ch Agent Chet Desmond in the Black Lodge singing like a wicked game type song, like, <laughs> like the Sycamore Trees guy, Jimmy. <laughs> Instead of little Jimmy cool. Scott, yeah. Half, yeah, that, that would be, pretty be... Awesome. that would be his job if he ever got sucked in. That's probably why they sucked him in. That would be his job. They needed an act. Little Jimmy, whatever his name, died probably eventually, and they needed an act. So he's probably in there. If he dug around. He is probably in the Black Lodge, singing some fantastic. That sweet would be a Spanish fantastic scene. Yeah. We go back to the Black Lodge, and instead of hearing the opening, like you know, bars of you know uh, sycamore trees. We get that, you know, guitar strum of, of Wicked Game, and then we see Chris. I, that would be, and then would Laura be the, uh, the the Helena Christensen kind of model? Like, you uh, know, not the, unless Lynch directed that video. Did he direct that video? No, he didn't direct that okay, one. Okay, yeah, I think Herb Brits directed canon. that one. Yeah. But yeah, but um, that's cool. Well, one thing I want to mention as well, or an, an additional thing, is that um, uh, with the uh, Lodge spirits, right? So, in relation to the Blue Rose, do you think that you know? The blue rose is like a symbol for a case that involves some kind of supernatural elements or whatever. But do you think that the FBI, Cole, who have you, believe that that there are entities like Bob or Mike or you know uh, the little man, the jumping man, the electrician, lumberjack, are out there? There's something going on, and at some points it relates to like a like a real crime scene and and that's what they're investigating do you do you believe that well i think the scene is going to be buckhorn is going to be the crime scene right they're going to eventually get to that 
Isn't that the? Well, they are, but my question. So yeah, is... no, I think they they are going to. The, the, I, I don't I don't really think that the blue rose is that big of a mystery. It's just like the X Files, for it's like the X Files for Twin Peaks, and so yeah, they're going to go follow whatever lead they discover, and they're going to be on the case of this, and I would imagine they're going to end up in Buckhorn and end up you know, and investigating the hell out of Mr. C. He's the person of interest. <laughs> Of it's course, a big person of interest in the Blue Rose cases, but but um, do you think? I mean, it's known whether it'll lead to Twin Peaks and lead it to the ultimate, you know, where Gordon Cole ends up in the lodge, or or Albert turns <laughs> breaks bad and goes for all Philip Jeffries on us. I don't know about that, um, but I hope Christabel's not the final one standing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the last shot we get in the entire series is Christabel. It's like her it's holding like hands with Cooper, and that's it. And it's just fade <laughs> out in the, in the angel. Well, we know from Cooper's investigation. Um, and I think there is mention in the secret history that Tammy Preston is like overseeing or looking at Cooper's old case files um, regarding the Laura Palmer case. You would think that there would be a mention of Bob in there. So it goes back to my question. is Wasn't that... there? Didn't Tammy Preston in the book? See, I really like Tamara Preston's character in the book. And, and also I listened to the audio book and I like the actor, the voice actor that did her. I just don't think that... Uh, Christabella is suitable for that role. So, um, but didn't didn't T- uh, Tammy Preston mention Bob at all in the secret history? I don't think Tammy Preston did. I think that she didn't discover Bob in her notes. Like you know that never was that never came up at all. I don't I don't recall. I don't I don't recall. But my thinking is it's in there, and um, like they either know like you know Cole knows that there was a supernatural entity that possessed Leland Palmer, and that. You know, that's who is responsible for killing Laura Palmer. So, because that's my question that I, I want to maybe talk about a little bit is that that you actually poo pooed, but it's okay. Is that do they know? Do does the FBI know? At least the the ones that are involved in the Blue Rose cases, the X Files, you, as you say, do they know that there are actual like the like spirits like you know in the Black Lodge or from the Black Lodge that maybe they don't know it's called that that are that are influencing or you know influence crime scenes like you know influencing like people like you know um but well, you would uh, think um, with like the major briggs's fingerprint show showing up 16 times weird things like that or would give them a, a, a tip but if you harken back to like season two episode whenever they were standing in the woods right after murder after uh, maddie was killed or after leland died i can't remember what it was but they were doing the old denouement right i think it was major briggs and hawk and miguel Ferrer, and they were just like they kind of blew it off like, well, I guess it's just the evil that men do. And they just kind of all went their separate ways. They weren't going to investigate this further. You know, it seemed like that the FBI had better, other things to do than really spend a lot of time on the X-Files and whether these they get clues of a Black Lodge entities affecting things in the world. I would say this, this Mr. C development is probably the biggest clue they've ever had, you know. Or then, well, but, you know, think of it this way too. Go back to the secret history of Twin Peaks and, like, the government was well aware of, of it going on then. Like they were Area 51. Like they had all kinds. Of, they didn't. I don't know about the lodge factor, but they knew of the paranormal. That Blue Rose was, you know, an active. I would imagine part of their the department in Mark Frost's conception of it. But whether well, it translates to the show, I don't know. My take on the Blue Book. Well, Blue Book is obviously a real world, um, like you know, investigation that the um, um, was it was the. It was the who was it? Was the CIA? Was that it? I thought it was the Air Force, but I don't know about real life. Was it the Air Force? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, anyway, but in the book, basically, um, 
it, it, it ended. It like lost its funding, or there was this big like um, I think this, this is real world. There was there was whoever was in charge of like Blue Book. He gave some kind of like final summation, like okay, like like you know like ninety two percent of all of these cases are you know like bunk basically, and the other like you know eight percent you know we can't really explain, but we don't think there's anything there. Like let's like you know seal it, kind of like you know Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let's put the Ark in this you know in this huge warehouse and like forget about it. But what happened was is that Nixon wanted to continue like you know investigating it but knew that you know they would never you know, get funding or would never be approved so what he proved was this kind of like secret covert blue book you know uh, extension after blue book ended or whatever and dougie milford was the one who um set this up and what happened was is that they created um the offshoot of this was the the station that was located in twin peaks um, that Major Briggs eventually was. I would in love to of. get a look at that place. We've never seen it before. Yeah, I think that we, you know, now, does that place exist anymore? But they really made a big part of it in the secret history because what happened was is that they um, they decided on that area. Obviously, I think there was a very good reason why they did that or whatever. But there was something like within the town, like with with Dwayne Milford, Dougie's brother, who wanted to stick it to Dougie. And uh, and caused like you know some like furor or whatever, and wanted to know what the hell was going on um, because like tax dollars or whatever, blah blah blah. And um, what happened was is that the FBI came to like investigate what they were doing or whatever, and the FBI did, and they said like was well, some kind of legit thing or whatever, blah blah blah. But the two agents who came there to um, to investigate that were was Cole and Jeffries. Those are the two agents that came to like oversee like, you know, okay, this is the station or whatever. It's on the up and up or whatever. Nothing to see here. Move on or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's Jeffrey's very probably covered it all up. He probably was in on <laughs> right. it. Right. He was a Black so, Lodge um, Mole covering up. So Jeffrey's, well, and Cole, Cole and Jeffrey's. So um, you think Jeffrey but, or Cole could break bad? I don't. We talked about Cole maybe going into the Black Lodge. That would be. I would never think that he would he would be a bad character, right? I don't think. He's no, break bad. no. I don't think. I, Lynch thought, could I do think. Bad, I think right? Albert has the possibility. I think Albert could break bad. Well, you have that theory, right? That Albert was the one on the. Um, uh, phone it sounds call. an awful lot like it. You guys could out in the uh, audience could listen for yourself, but halfway through that conversation in episode two, when he's on the phone with Philip Jeffries after he kills Daria. There is a vocal change, and uh, the last two lines sound like they come from Albert, but that's just me. You know, I'm not a sound auditory expert. What do I know? I've got tinnitus. I think it's Mike. That's who I think it is. I think it's Mike. Mike influencing. That's awesome. That's actually a better. I love the the Mike theory. I hope Mike yeah. the Mike theory proves true. Will he show up with one arm? No, Mike doesn't. Mike, uh, no. Mike is just the I spirit. He chopped like his arm off. No, Philip Gerard chopped <laughs> his arm off. Which is it? <laughs> yeah, Mike is just a spirit. Like Bob can't <laughs> lose his arm because he's he's a spirit. I mean, he's not like a real flesh and blood human being. But I thought he's, the story, like in the beginning, where they were talking about it, and I cut off my arm to get. I thought that was coming from Mike. It wasn't coming from Philip Gerard himself, the host. It was coming from Mike. I thought. Right, but he's speaking through his host. You know, it was like a thing. Well, I guess it goes back to the question that whether actually uh, a, a large entity could uh, get injured or die or lose a limb. Like, is that possible for them to even be hurt? I wonder. Oh, I would think so, but not in like I don't think you could point a gun and shoot them or you know stab them or whatever. I think they're we've never gone there. We've never seen you know a lodge spirit you know you know be wounded or 
hurt or whatever. I, I don't think that they could travel through two. electricity, you know. So uh, I think we it's may. possible the uh, the Phyllis, uh, you know, Bill Hastings' wife might be a lodge entity because that we talked about that last time. That crazy swizzle uh, visual when she gets shot by Mister C, and that she's the second one with a hole through her head, her eye. Maybe that's the uh, the stake to the heart or the silver bullet. The only way you can kill a. a a logic to see <laughs> right. Well, you talked about that. You brought that up, and I never really kind of uh, went into it. And uh, you're absolutely right. There, there is some kind of like visual, like kind of shudder or something when she gets shot. It's almost like you see like a like a another like you know image of her. Like a, a, I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it's it's just it seemed like something was either leaving her body or it was this. There was something unnatural about that shot after she did get shot. And what what does that mean? Was she inhabited by something? Was that just some kind of visual cue that, you know, there's more to Phyllis than meets the eye? You know, she doesn't have you know, two eyes anymore. But, um, yeah, but yeah, right, exactly. So um, it, it is. It's, it's, it's a very interesting... But we haven't gone back to it. That's the whole thing. And, and we talked about this, I think, on the phone and not on one of our podcasts or whatever is that, you know, that happened at the very beginning of the second episode or whatever. And here it is like, you know, four episodes later or whatever, which we're assuming that at least four days or five days or six days have passed or whatever. We've never gone to Buckhorn and no one's going like, Hey, you know, uh, well, you know, the Morgans came over for dinner finally and they found Philip like, you know, or Phyllis like, you know, dead on the floor with, with her eye missing or whatever. I wonder if this has anything to do with, you know, her husband's, you know, um, supposed, you know, crime or whatever. So we haven't gone back to that. Are we going to go back to it? And if we are, are we going to get any kind of additional information that Phyllis, you know, was, was you know, there was something else in addition to Phyllis than just this, you know, grieving, not grieving, but duplicitous, you know, housewife. Yeah, I think there is something to that. So hopefully next episode would be a perfect episode to go back and, and explore that and find out about the Major Briggs thing, have Ernie Hudson's assistant show up. Uh, and keep going with the the buckhorn mystery. I'd vote for that to be in the next episode. Would would you enjoy that one? Or do you just want some more Dougie? Just a Dougie. (laughs) I think, think, okay, a couple of things with that. When we had, uh, when we saw the end of episode four is when um, Cole, you know, asked Albert, do you know where she lives or whatever? And he goes, well, I know where she drinks. And you know, the speculation was it was Diane. We were going to go see Albert, you know, that next episode, you know, find her at, at whatever bar it was. And we didn't. You know, it took like, you know, another episode. And then we only got like, you know, a brief introduction to Diane. And we probably won't see her for another two episodes. My thinking is that oh, Pentagon that. scene, <laughs> that Pentagon scene, um, that woman, I think her name is Cindy. You know, she's going to go to Buckhorn. We didn't see her go to Buckhorn that next episode, but we will see her in this episode it's like there's just so many layers going on that um that it, it, we're not gonna you know when someone is, is going to do something or what have you we're not going to get an immediate answer because what's most important to lynch and frost is the evolution development of dougie and we're going to get more dougie i think we're going to get a lot more dougie. at a snail's pace even though at he drinks so much pace. coffee that's as fast as he can go ladies and gentlemen damn so. good, good cup of joe dougie yeah that's uh well, do yeah, you no, have any uh, final thoughts for this episode? Or yeah. Um, close to the end. Yeah, one final thought, um, and it's a question, because it was what we were, you know, talking about, more, you know, 
our theme of the show, basically the blue, blue rose, blue rose cases or whatever. Do you think we're going to get any more um, uh, references to the blue rose? And if so, do you think we'll go into it more, or do you think it's just like okay, X file? This is a blue rose case. It's related to Mister C, and that's that's all we're going to get with it. I just feel like Blue Rose just is a indicator uh, to get, or it, it, it's a plot device to get them on the trail of Mister C in the Black Lodge. I think that's that's it. Simple okay, so we're, so we're not. We we'll might we might get another like visual cue of a Blue. Yeah, Rose. Yeah, like I wouldn't think that they're going to go into like say other Blue Rose cases maybe and tie it in, or say that maybe some of these other things that we've been seeing are also Blue Rose. You know what I mean? I don't think they have time for that. I think that that they're focusing in on, uh, you know, I think that was actually almost like a, just a callback. Uh, to fan service to let us go oh blue okay thanks guys that felt really good and but it really was the means was to get Albert and uh, you know Cole on on Cooper's case um, and I don't know I mean what what else do you think that they could do with that I think you, I mean unless you're thinking that they're going to explore like Major Briggs's backstory and what Major Briggs has been up to and that that it could lead to you know like we talked last episode uh, you know of the certain that perhaps the coordinates are leading to um, the, the interest of the White Lodge you know I mean something big like that the Blue Rose premise could lead us to something like that um, but Again, it's just window dressing. It's just verbiage to me. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, but maybe Lynch has got something in store. It's going to blow my mind. You know, uh, you obviously think it's it's bigger. So I uh, I certainly am holding out uh, the possibility that we're going to get something weird. But tell me what else, what what you think. Well, I think that we are going to get a little bit more um, into the Blue Rose. Maybe a little bit more of an explanation of some sort. Certainly, never a definitive answer. I think we're definitely going to get some more um, information about Major Briggs, the fact that, you know, those prints have showed up 16 different times or whatever. That opens up a whole big can of worms of like, well, was it, you know, Major Briggs like actually did not die in that fire and like was kind of like underground and every once in a while, like, you know, something happened, a crime scene. I don't, I mean, I don't even know if those 16 instances were crime scenes or whatever. Like, and also like, is is Major Briggs a doppelganger? Is Mr. Briggs uh, or Mr. Briggs Major Briggs a doppelganger? Is Major Briggs kind of like you know traveling through time, so to speak, like Jeffries? Because we saw that in the original series where you know he was in the woods. He asked Cooper or you know have you ever heard of the White Lodge? And he disappeared for two days. And and Betty, his wife, said at a, a point in the series when he was still missing, when she was talking to Truman and Cooper, that you know he. He, go, he, he goes you know missing from time to time and the fact that he was in the woods when he went missing this last time was like very like you know important it, it meant something or whatever so I think we're gonna get a little bit more of that and I think it's going to be tied into um, Jeffrey's mr. C um, and, and and that whole thing is 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 related to the blue rose obviously because his floating head said blue rose um, that's why I think that we're gonna get more into it at some point Um so, and I hope we do because I, I find it very interesting. I also know that we're not going to get any real, like, kind of definitive answers with that. I think it'll just open up more, um, you know, more more little you know, tributaries of a mystery. Um, so, oh, one other final thought. Sorry, if you don't mind. No, please, please do. Is that, um, and I think you brought this to my attention, is that Lynch's original intent, this came out recently, that... Um, if Fire Walk With Me had been a, a success or whatever, he wanted to do another movie that really kind of focused in on Jeffries and what 
he was going and David Bowie was going to, you know, be Jeffries, obviously. And we were going to, you know, go on, on that plot line, that little tangent. Do you remember I'm reading about that recently? No, I mean, I remember hearing about it, but I don't know anything more than that. Oh, okay. The plot details le- leaked or something? Do, do well, no, I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember when Firewalk With Me came out. I, I think I recall um, reading somewhere that if it was a success and, you know, what determines a success, obviously certain like financial you know, numbers or whatever. But I, I, I thought I remember reading that it was going to be the first of like a trilogy, like he was going to do two other films and those films would go off into more of the kind of supernatural blue, or not supernatural, but maybe the blue rose element, obviously, you know, the, the lodges and wasn't going to be about more Palmer like fire walk with me, but, but the movie itself wasn't really a success and we never got that. But I think when Lynch and Frost got together and, they decided they wanted to tell a new story or whatever that at least from Lynch, I think he still, you know, had, had like, you know, he had stories that he wanted to tell that was related to, you know, Jeffrey's in Firewalk with me. And I think, you know, we're seeing that right now. Um, there's other mysteries obviously that they've created or whatever, but um, I think we're getting a little sliver of what we might've seen back in maybe the mid nineties. If there was another twin peaks movie with, you know, Jeffrey's and, or maybe, you know, Mr. C. That's compelling and rich, like little tidbits from his Woody Allen idea <laughs> drawer that he just pulled out and, and was right, pasting into right. here from the different mythologies. Well, he spent 30 years, you know, building this mythology, so why not use it, you know? And uh, he's doing a great job. If we see Philip Jeffries, we see Blue Book, Blue Rose, we see the uh, the further adventures of Major Garland Briggs' disembodied head or his chopped up body, I think is fantastic. I only hope that he does not run into Wyndham Earl dressed as a horse. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Bye.